the fifth book of the odysseys of homer this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by phil shemp the fifth book of the odysseys of homer translated by george chapman the argument a second court on jove attends who hermes to calypso sends commanding her to clear the ways ulysses sought and she obeys when neptune saw ulysses free and so in safety plough the sea enraged he ruffles up the waves and splits his ship leucothea saves his person yet as being a dame whose godhead governed in the frame of those seas tempers but the mean by which she curbs dread neptune's spleen is made a jewel which she takes from off her head and that she makes ulysses on his bosom wear about his neck she ties it there and when he is with waves beset bids wear it as an amulet commanding him that not before he touched upon phaeacia's shore he should not part with it but then return it to the sea again and cast it from him he performs yet after this bides bitter storms and in the rocks sees death engraved but on phaeacia's shores saved another argument epsilon ulysses builds a ship and gains the glassy fields pays neptune pains aurora rose from high-born tithon's bed that men and gods might be illustrated and then the deity sat imperial jove that makes the horrid murmur beat above took place past all whose height forever springs and from whom flowers the eternal power of things then pallas mindful of ulysses told the many cares that in calypso's hold he still sustained when he had felt before so much affliction and such dangers more o father said she and ye ever blessed give never king hereafter interest in any aid of yours by serving you by being gentle human just but grow rude and for ever scornful of your rights all justice ordering by their appetites since he that ruled as it in right behoved that all his subjects as his children loved finds you so thoughtless of him and his birth thus men begin to say ye rule in earth and grudge at what ye let him undergo who yet the least part of his sufferance know thralled in an island shipwrecked in his tears and in the fancies that calypso bears bound from his birthright all his shipping gone and of his soldiers not retaining one and now his most loved son's life doth inflame their slaughterous envies since his father's fame he puts in pursuit and is gone as far as sacred pylos and the singular dame-breeding sparta this with this replied the cloud assembler answered what words fly thine own remembrance daughter hast not thou the counsel given thyself that told thee how ulysses shall with his return address his wooer's wrong and for the safe access his son shall make to his innative port do thou direct it in as curious sort as thy wit serves thee it obeys thy powers and in their ship return the speedless wooers then turned he to his issue mercury and said thou hast made good our embassy to the other status to the nymph then now 
on whose fair head a tuft of gold doth grow bear our true spoken counsel for retreat of patient ulysses who shall get no aid from us nor any mortal man but in a patched-up skiff built as he can and suffering woes enough the twentieth day at fruitful scaria let him breathe his way with the theasians that half deities live who like a god will honour him and give his wisdom clothes and ship and brass and gold more than for gain of troy he ever told where at the whole division of the prey if he a saver were or got away without a wound if he should grudge twas well but the end shall crown all therefore fate will deal so well with him to let him land and see his native earth friends house and family thus charged he nor agicides denied but to his feet his fair winged shoes he tied ambrosian golden that in his command put either sea or the unmeasured land with pace as speedy as a puff of wind then up his rod went with which he declined the eyes of any waker when he pleased and any sleeper when he wished diseased this took he stooped pieria and thence glid through the air and neptune's confluence kissed as he flew and checked the waves as light as any sea-mew in her fishing flight her thick wings sousing in the savoury seas like her he passed a world of wilderness but when the far-off isle he touched he went up from the blue sea to the continent and reached the ample cavern of the queen whom he within found without seldom seen a sun-like fire upon the hearth did flame the matter precious and divine the frame of cedar cleft and incense was the pile that breathed an odour round about the isle herself was seated in an inner room whom sweetly sing he heard and at her loom about a curious web whose yarn she threw in with a golden shittle a grove grew in endless spring about her cavern round with odorous cypress pines and poplars crowned where hawks sea-owls and long-tongued bittors bred and other birds their shady pinions spread all fowls maritimal none roosted there but those whose labours in the waters were a vine did all the hollow cave embrace still green yet still ripe bunches gave it grace four fountains one against another poured their silver streams and meadows all enflowered with sweet balm gentle and blue violets hid that decked the soft breasts of each fragrant mead should any one though he immortal were arrive and see the sacred objects there he would admire them and be overjoyed and so stood hermes ravished powers employed but having all admired he entered on the ample cave nor could be seen unknown of great calypso for all deities are prompt in each other's knowledge though so far severed in dwellings but he could not see ulysses there within without was he set sad ashore where twas his use to view the unquiet sea sighed wept and empty drew his heart of comfort placed here in her throne that beams cast up to admiration divine calypso questioned hermes thus for what cause dear and much esteemed by us thou golden-rod adorned mercury arrivest thou here thou hast not used to apply thy passage this way say whatever be thy heart's desire my mind commands it thee if in my means it lie or power of fact 
but first what hospitable rites exact come yet more near and take this said she set a table forth and furnished it with meat such as the gods taste and served in with it vermilion nectar when with banquet fit he had confirmed his spirits he thus expressed his cause of coming thou hast made request goddess of goddesses to understand my cause of touch here which thou shalt command and know with truth jove caused my course to thee against my will for who would willingly lackey along so vast a lake of brine near to no city that the powers divine receives with solemn rites and hecatombs but jove's will ever all law overcomes no other god can cross or make it void and he affirms that one the most annoyed with woes and toils of all those men that fought for priam's city and to end hath brought nine years in the contention is with thee for in the tenth year when roy victory was won to give the greeks the spoil of troy return they did profess but not enjoy since pallas they incensed and she the waves by all the wind's power that blew ope their graves and there they rested only this poor one this coast both winds and waves have cast upon whom now forthwith he wills thee to dismiss affirming that the unaltered destinies not only have decreed he shall not die apart his friends but of necessity enjoy their sights before those fatal hours his country earth reach and erected towers this struck a love-checked horror through her powers when naming him she this reply did give insatiate are ye gods past all that live in all things you affect which still converts your powers to envies it afflicts your hearts that any goddess should as you obtain the use of earthly dames enjoy the men and most in open marriage so ye fared when the delicious fingered morning shared orion's bed you easy living states could never satisfy your emulous hates till in ortygia the precise lived dame golden throned diana on him rudely came and with her swift shafts slew him and such pains when rich-haired ceres pleased to give the reins to her affections and the grace did yield of love and bed amidst a three-cropped field to her iosian he paid angry jove who lost no long time notice of their love but with a glowing lightning was his death and now your envies labour underneath a mortal's choice of mine whose life i took to liberal safety when his ship jove struck with red-hot flashes piecemeal in the seas and all his friends and soldiers succourless perished but he him cast upon this coast with blasts and billows i in life given lost preserved alone loved nourished and did vow to make him deathless and yet never grow crooked or worn with age his whole life long but since no reason may be made so strong to strive with jove's will or to make it vain no not if all the other gods should strain their powers against it let his will be law so he affords him fit means to withdraw as he commands him to the raging main but means from me he never shall obtain for my means yield nor men nor ship nor oars to set him off from my so envied shores but if my counsel and good will can aid his safe pass home my best shall be assayed vouchsafe it so said heaven's ambassador 
and deign it quickly by all means abhor to incense jove's wrath against thee that with grace he may hereafter all thy wish embrace thus took the argus killing god his wings and since the reverend nymph these awful things received from jove she to ulysses went whom she ashore found drowned in discontent his eyes kept never dry he did so mourn and waste his dear age for his wished return which still without the cave he used to do because he could not please the goddess so at night yet forced took together their rest the willing goddess and the unwilling guest but he all day in rocks and on the shore the vexed sea viewed and did his fate deplore him now the goddess coming near bespake unhappy man no more discomfort take for my constraint of thee nor waste thine age i now will passing freely disengage thy irksome stay here come then fell thee wood and build a ship to save thee from the flood i'll furnish thee with fresh wave bread and wine ruddy and sweet that will the piner pine put garments on thee give the winds foreright that every way thy home-bent appetite may safe attain to it if so it please at all parts all the heaven-housed deities that more in power are more in skill than i and more can judge what fits humanity he stood amazed at this strange change in her and said o goddess thy intents prefer some other project than my parting hence commanding things of too high consequence for my performance that myself should build a ship of power my home assays to shield against the great sea of such dread to pass which not the best-built ship that ever was will pass exulting when such winds as jove can thunder up their trims and tacklings prove but could i build one i would ne'er abroad thy will opposed nor one without thy word given in the great oath of the gods to me not to beguile me in the least degree the goddess smiled held hard his hand and said o yar shrewd one and so habited in taking heed thou knowest not what it is to be unwary nor use words amiss how hast thou charmed me were i ne'er so sly let earth know then and heaven so broad so high and the undersunk waves of the infernal stream which is an oath as terribly supreme as any god swears that i had no thought but stood with what i spake nor would have wrought nor counselled any act against thy good but ever diligently weighed and stood on these points in persuading thee that i would use myself in such extremity for my mind simple is and innocent not given by cruel slights to circumvent nor bear i in my breast a heart of steel but with the sufferer willing sufferance feel this said the grace of goddesses led home he traced her steps and to the cavern come in that rich throne whence mercury arose he sat the nymph herself did then oppose for food and beverage to him all best meat and drink that mortals use to taste and eat then sat she opposite and for her feast was nectar and ambrosia addressed by handmaids to her both what was prepared did freely fall to having fitly fared the nymph calypso this discourse began jove bred ulysses many-witted man still is thy home so wished so soon away be still of cheer for all the worst i say 
but if thy soul knew what a sum of woes for thee to cast up thy stern fates impose ere to thy country earth thy hopes attain undoubtedly thy choice would here remain keep house with me and be a liver ever which methinks should thy house and thee dissever though for thy wife there thou art set on fire and all thy days are spent in her desire and though it be no boast in me to say in form and mind i match her every way nor can it fit a mortal dame's compare to affect those terms with us that deathless are the great in councils made her this reply renowned and to be reverence deity let it not move thee that so much i vow my comforts to my wife though well i know all cause myself why wise penelope in wit is far inferior to thee in feature stature all the parts of show she being a mortal and a mortal thou old ever growing and yet never old yet her desire shall all my days see told adding the sight of my returning day and natural home if any god shall lay his hand upon me as i pass the seas i'll bear the worst of what his hand shall please as having given me such a mind as shall the more still rise the more his hand lets fall in wars and waves my sufferings were not small i now have suffered much as much before hereafter let as much result and more this said the sun set and the earth shadows gave when these two in an in-room of the cave left to themselves left love no rites undone the early morn up up he rose put on his in and out weed she herself and chases amidst a white robe full of all the graces ample and pleated thick like fishy scales a golden girdle then her waist impales her head a veil decks and abroad they come and now began ulysses to go home a great axe first she gave that two ways cut in which a farewell polished helm was put that from an olive bough received his frame a plainer then then led she till they came to lofty woods that did the isle confine the fir-tree poplar and heaven-scaling pine had there their offspring of which those that were of driest matter and grew longest there he choosed for lighter sail this place thus shown the nymph turned home he fell to felling down and twenty trees he stooped in little space planed used his plumb did all with artful grace in meantime did calypso wimbles bring he bored closed nailed and ordered everything and look how much a shipwright will allow a ship of burden one that best doth know what fits his art so large a keel he cast wrought up her decks and hatches sideboards mast with willow watlings armed her to resist the billows outrage added all she missed sail yards and stern for guide the nymph then brought linen for sails which with dispatch he wrought gables and holsters tacklings all the frame in four days space to full perfection came the fifth day they dismissed him from the shore weeds neat and odorous gave him victuals store wine strong waters and a prosperous wind to which ulysses fit to be divined his sails exposed and hoised off he gat and cheerful was he at the stern he sat and steered right artfully nor sleep could seize his eyelids he beheld the pleiades 
the bear surnamed the wane that round doth move about orion and keep still above the billowy ocean the slow setting star bootes called by some the wagoner calypso warned him he his course should steer still to his left hand seventeen days did clear the cloudy night's command in his moist way and by the eighteenth light he might display the shady hills of the phaeacian shore for which as to his next abode he bore the country did a pretty figure yield and looked from off the dark seas like a shield imperious neptune making his retreat from the ethiopian earth and taking seat upon the mountains of the solomy from thence far off discovering did descry ulysses his fields ploughing all on fire the sight straight set his heart and made desire of reek run over it did boil so high when his head nodding o impiety he cried out now the gods inconstancy is most apparent altering their designs since i the ethiop saw and here confines to this ulysses fate his misery the great mark on which all his hopes rely lies in phaeacia but i hope he shall feel woe at height ere that dead calm befall this said he begging gathered clouds from land frighted the seas up snatched into his hand his horrid trident and aloft did toss of all the winds all storms he could engross all earth took into sea with clouds grim night fell tumbling headlong from the cope of light the east and south winds jostled in the air the violent zephyr and north making fair rolled up the waves before them and then bent ulysses knees then all his spirit was spent in which despair he thus spake woe is me what was i born to man of misery fear tells me now that all the goddess said truth's self will author that fate would be paid grief's whole sum due from me at sea before i reach the dear touch of my country shore with what clouds jove heaven's heightened forehead binds how tyrannize the wraths of all the winds how all the tops he bottoms with the deeps and in the bottoms all the tops he steeps thus dreadful is the presence of our death thrice four times blessed were they that sunk beneath their fates at troy and did to naught contend but to renown atrides with their end i would to god my hour of death and fate that day had held the power to terminate when showers of darts my life bore undepressed about divine eosides deceased then had i been allotted to have died by all the greeks with funerals glorified whence death encouraging good life had grown where now i die by no man mourn nor known this spoke a huge wave took him by the head and hurled him overboard ship and all it laid inverted quite amidst the waves but he far off from her sprawled strode about the sea his stern still holding broken off his mast burst in the midst so horrible a blast of mixed winds struck it sails and sail-yards fell amongst the billows and himself did dwell a long time under water nor could get in haste his head out wave with wave so met in his depression and his garments too given by calypso gave him much to do hindering his swimming yet he left not so his drenched vessel 
for the overthrow of her nor him but gat at length again wrestling with neptune hold of her and then sat in her bulk insulting over death which with the salt stream pressed to stop his breath he scaped and gave the sea again to give to other men his ship so strived to live floating at random cuffed from wave to wave as you have seen the north wind when he drave in autumn heaps of thorn-fed grasshoppers hither and thither one heap this way bears another that and makes them often meet in his confused gales so ulysses fleet the wind hurled up and down now boreas tossed it to notus notus gave it past to eurus eurus zephyr made pursue the horrid tennis this sport called the view of cadmus's daughter with the narrow heel i know leucothea that first did feel a mortal dame's desires and had a tongue but now had the honour to be named among the marine godheads she with pity saw ulysses justled thus from flaw to flaw and like a cormorant in form and flight rose from a whirlpool on the ship did light and thus bespake him why is neptune thus in thy pursuit extremely furious oppressing thee with such a world of ill even to thy death he must not serve his will though tis his study let me then advise as my thoughts serve thou shalt not be unwise to leave thy weeds and ship to the commands of these rude winds and work out with thy hands past to phaeacia where thy austere fate is to pursue thee with no more such hate take here this tablet with this ribbon strung and see it still about thy bosom hung by whose eternal virtue never fear to suffer thus again nor perish here but when thou touchest with thy hand the shore then take it from thy neck nor wear it more but cast it far off from the continent and then thy person far ashore present thus gave she him the tablet and again turned to a cormorant dived past sight the main patient ulysses sighed at this and stuck in the conceit of such fair-spoken luck and said alas i must suspect even this lest any other of the deities add slight to neptune's force to counsel me to leave my vessel and so far off see the shore i aim at not with thoughts too clear will i obey her but to me appear these counsels best as long as i perceive my ship not quite dissolved i will not leave the help she may afford me but abide and suffer all woes till the worst be tried when she is split i'll swim no miracle can past near and clear means move a knowing man while this discourse employed him neptune raised a huge a high and horrid sea that seized him and his ship and toss them through the lake as when the violent winds together take heaps of dry chaff and hurl them every way so his long wood-stack neptune struck astray then did ulysses mount on rib perforce like to a rider of a running horse to stay himself a time while he might shift his drenched weeds that were calypso's gift when putting straight leucothea's amulet about his neck he all his forces set to swim and cast him prostrate to the seas when powerful neptune saw the ruthless priests of peril siege him thus he moved his head and this betwixt him and his heart he said so now feel ills enow and struggle so till to your jove-loved islanders you row 
but my mind says you will not so avoid this last task too but be with sufferance cloyed this said his rich-maned horse he moved and reached his house at aegis but minerva fetched the winds from sea and all their ways but one barred to their passage the bleak north alone she set to blow the rest she charged to keep their rages in and bind themselves in sleep but boreas still flew high to break the seas till jove bred ithacus the more with ease the navigation skilled Thiasian states might make his refuge death and angry fates at length escaping two nights yet and days he spent in wrestling with the sable seas in which space often did his heart propose death to his eyes but when aurora rose and threw the third light from her orient hair the winds grew calm and clear was all the air not one breath stirring then he might descry raised by the high seeds clear and land was nigh and then look how to good sons that esteem their father's life dear after pains extreme felt in some sickness that hath held him long down to his bed and with affliction strong wasted his body made his life his load as being inflicted by some angry god when on their prayers they see descend at length health from the heavens clad all in spirit and strength the sight is precious so since here should end ulysses toils which therein should extend health to his country held to him his sire and on which long for him disease did tire and then besides for his own sake to see the shores the woods so near such joy had he as those good sons for the recovered sire then laboured feet in all parts to aspire to that wished continent which when as near he came as clamour might inform an ear he heard a sound beat from the sea-bred rocks against which gave a huge sea horrid shocks that belched upon the firm land weeds and foam with which were all things hid there where no room of fit capacity was for any port nor from the sea for any man's resort the shores the rocks the cliffs so prominent were oh said ulysses then now jupiter hath given me sight of an unhoped-for shore though i have wrought these seas so long so sore of rest yet no place shows the slenderest prince the rugged shore so bristled is with flints against which every way the waves so flock and all the shore shows as one eminent rock so near which tis so deep that not a sand is there for any tired foot to stand nor fly his death fast following miseries lest if he land upon him foreright flies a churlish wave to crush him gainst the cliff worse than vain rendering all his landing strife and should i swim to seek a haven elsewhere or land less way-beat i may justly fear i shall be taken with a gale again and cast a huge way off into the main and there the great earth-shaker having seen my so near landing and again his spleen forcing me to him will some whale send out of which a horrid number hereabout his amphitrite breeds to swallow me i will have proved with what malignity he treads my steps while this discourse he held a cursed surge against a cutting rock impelled his naked body which it gashed and tore and had his bones broke if but one sea more had cast him on it but she prompted him that never failed and bade him no more swim still off and on 
but boldly forced the shore and hugged the rock that him so rudely tore which he with both hands sighed and clasped till past the billow's rage was then scaped back so fast the rock repulsed it that it reft his hold sucking him from it and far back he rolled and as the polypus that forced from home amidst the soft sea and near rough land come for shelter gainst the storms that beat on her at open sea as she abroad doth air a deal of gravel and sharp little stones needfully gathers in her hollow bones so he forced hither by the sharper ill shunning the smoother where he best hoped still the worst succeeded for the cruel friend to which he clinged for succour oft did rend from his broad hands the soaken flesh so sore that off he fell and could sustain no more quite under water fell he and past fate hapless ulysses there had lost the state he held in life if still the grey-eyed maid his wisdom prompting he had not essayed another course and ceased to attempt that shore swimming and casting round his eye to explore some other shelter then the mouth he found a fair calico's flood whose shores were crowned with most apt succors rocks so smooth they seemed polished of purpose land that quite redeemed with breathless coverts the other's blasted shores the flood he knew and thus in heart implores king of this river here whatever name makes thee invoked to thee i humbly frame my flight from neptune's furies reverend is to all the ever-living deities what erring man soever seeks their aid to thy both flood and knees a man dismayed with varied sufferance sues yield then some rest to him that is thy suppliant professed this though but spoken thought the god had heard her current straight stayed and her thick waves cleared before him smoothed her waters and just where he prayed half drowned entirely saved him there then forth he came his both knees faltering both his strong hands hanging down and all with froth his cheeks and nostrils flowing voice and breath spent to all use and down he sunk to death the sea had soaked his heart through all his veins his toils had racked to a laboring woman's pains dead weary was he but when breath did find a pass reciprocal and in his mind his spirit was recollected up he rose and from his neck did the amulet unloose that ino gave him which he hurled from him to sea its sounding fell and back did swim with the ebbing waters till it straight arrived where ino's fair hand it again received then kissed he the humble earth and on he goes till bulrushes showed place for his repose where laid he sighed and thus said to his soul oh me what strange perplexities control the whole skill of thy powers in this event what feel i if till care nursed night be spent i watch amidst the flood the sea's chill breath and vegetant dews i fear will be my death so low brought with my labours towards day a passing sharp air ever breathes at sea if i the pitch of this next mountain scale and shady wood and in some thicket fall into the hands of sleep though there the cold may well be checked and healthful slumbers hold her sweet hand on my powers all care allayed yet there will beasts devour me best apaid doth that course make me yet 
for there some strife strength and my spirit may make me make for life which though impaired may yet be fresh applied where peril possible of escape is tried but he that fights with heaven or with the sea to indiscretion adds impiety thus to the woods he hasted which he found not far from sea but on far-seeing ground where two twin underwoods he entered on with olive trees and oil trees overgrown through which the moist force of the loud-voiced wind did never beat nor ever phoebus shined nor shower beat through they grew so one in one and had by turns their power to exclude the sun here entered our ulysses and a bed of leaves huge and of huge abundance spread with all his speed large he made it for there for two or three men ample coverings were such as might shield them from the winter's worst though steel it breathed and blew as it would burst patient ulysses joyed that ever day showed such a shelter in the midst he lay store of leaves heaping high on every side and as in some outfield a man doth hide a kindled brand to keep the seed of fire no neighbour dwelling near and his desire served with self-store he else would ask of none but of his forespent sparks rakes the ashes on so this outplace ulysses thus receives and thus naked virtue's seed lies hid in leaves yet pallas made him sleep as soon as men whom delicacies all their flatteries deign and all that all his labours could comprise quickly concluded in his closed eyes end of the fifth book